Welcome, and may the Lord be with you. We are excited to have you with us today as we listen to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Let's listen in. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. One of my aims over the last several weeks has been to help show that the liturgy is not just words that we say to get us through the service so that we can get to lunch, but is worship. We don't read through the prayers to finish, but we pray the prayers as worship. That is to say, the liturgy isn't meant to be a framework to get us through our Sunday morning hour and nothing more than the structure in which we do things. It is meant to be so much more than that. It would be my contention this morning that our liturgy each Sunday is a continual proclamation of the good news of Christ. In that, we face our sinfulness through confession, receive absolution, hear Christ proclaimed in word and sacrament, receive him through that sacrament, and are formed in his likeness. But not only does our liturgy drive us to worship and rightly reflect what we believe, but it also reminds us of the way in which we are to live. The liturgy is not a simple moment in time that we just experience, but instead should drive a change in our lives that permeates who we are day in and day out. Uh, As an example of that is this summary of the law. We say that each Sunday or most Sundays, and our worship starts with the colic for purity, and then immediately following that, we get right to the summary of the law, which is, hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And it's at that point the priest will say, Lord, have mercy upon us, in which you, the congregation, will respond, Christ, have mercy upon us. And the priest follows up again with, Lord, have mercy upon us. Now, this ties into our gospel passage this Sunday quite nicely. Our gospel passage in St. Luke chapter 10 is the discussion between a lawyer and and Jesus. And from that, we get the parable of the Good Samaritan. When Jesus is asked by the lawyer, who, who is my neighbor? Who, who is this neighbor? Who, am, who is my neighbor? We see this. <clears throat> you see, this lawyer had decided to put Jesus to the test by asking him, what must he, the lawyer, do to inherit eternal life? That was the main question that the lawyer started with, which is, Teacher, master, rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds to that by flipping it right back to him and says, Well, you tell me, what does the law teach? What does the law say? What, how do you interpret that? And, uh, and to that answer, the, the lawyer then rightly recites the summary of the law, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. It's a good answer. Actually, it's a great answer because it's the right answer. Jesus tells him, he says, you are correct. Now go do this and you will have eternal life. Now, that wasn't good enough for the lawyer. That wasn't enough for him because what he does is he feels the need to justify himself. And so he asks Jesus a follow-up question. 
The interesting thing here is that the lawyer doesn't ask about what does it look like to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. He doesn't ask that. He, he's got the God thing figured out, right? Instead, he asks this question, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? What he really wants to know, what he really wants to know is who must I love? Now, the question that I had as I was preparing for this was, was the summary of the law really that new that this lawyer wouldn't have known the answer to that? When he, when he asked the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, did he really not know the answer? Or whenever he asked the question, who is my neighbor, did he really not know the answer? And I would say, of course he knew the answer. The, the reason we know, one of the reasons we know, is because he was able to answer that question. This, this wasn't a new thing. The summary of the law wasn't a new thing that Jesus brought. He was reemphasizing what the Jews knew. You had to love God with your everything, and you had to love your neighbor. You're, you had to have a right relationship with God, and you had to have a right relationship with others. It was a known answer. So to me, it's interesting to find that the lawyer questions this part about loving your neighbor. Maybe it's because Jesus had turned the question back to him. So the lawyer asks a question, thinking that he's going to put Jesus on the spot. And Jesus' response is, well, let me ask you a question. Now, this is not what the lawyer was used to. He was used to kind of controlling the, the conversation or controlling the flow. And so when the lawyer turns back, when Jesus turns it back and says, well, well, tell me what you think. The lawyer has to take control of this situation again. He has to take control. So he says, well, tell me, Jesus, then who is my neighbor? And he really anticipated that Jesus would say, well, this is who your neighbor is. To which the lawyer would respond is, great, fantastic. I, I have loved those people, and so I am righteous, or I have eternal life. But Jesus didn't answer him in the way that he thought. Instead, what we do is we get this parable of the Good Samaritan. And to me, the most interesting part of this is that the radical part of the Good Samaritan story is not that somebody helps someone else. The radical part is not that the priest and the Levite cross over. The most radical part of this sermon is that the Samaritan is the hero. Now, something you have to remember is Samaritans and Jews didn't exactly get along. They weren't close. They weren't distant cousins. They weren't somebody who, oh, great to see you. No, instead, the Jews viewed Samaritans as half-breeds and impure. They would call the Jews dogs and thought their worship was heretical and not really even true worship. I mean, if you think about the conversation that Jesus has with the woman at the well as a Samaritan woman, and they get into what is worship. Because there was a known conflict between the two of what real worship looked like. And so here in Jesus' story, we have, of all people, a Samaritan as the hero. Now, that's radical. It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the Levite. But it was a Samaritan who showed compassion, bound up his wounds, poured oil and wine on them, and then set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn or a hotel, and took care of him. When everybody else crossed to the other side of the road, the Samaritan showed compassion and mercy. And thus, after telling the parable, Jesus actually asked the lawyer a question, which one proved to be a neighbor to the man? And 
The answer was clear, and the lawyer gave the answer. It was the one who showed mercy. And Jesus' response was pretty simple. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. It it wasn't just a a mind knowledge and knowing the right answer here. It it wasn't enough just to know the right answer. This morning at the bridge, I thought about this a little bit, and it's the same thing as if, if there was an emergency here this morning, and I said, how many of you here know CPR? Right? And you might say, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I took a quiz before. I can answer the right answer. Here's, here is what CPR means, and here's what you're supposed to do. Good, great. Here's what I need you to do. Do CPR right now. Oh, well, I, I don't know how to do it. You just ask who knows what it is. Well, it's very similar. It, it's not enough to know CPR to save someone's life. You have to be able to. You're thinking about The Office, aren't you? Uh, she's over here laughing because she's thinking about a TV show. But it's not just knowing what it is, but it's knowing how to do it. Jesus does the same thing here. It, it's not just, it's, not, it's one thing to know what it means to, etern- to gain eternal life. It's one thing to know what that means. It's one thing to have the right answer. But Jesus says, okay, now go and do likewise. Now let's tie it back to how I started this sermon, which was talking about the liturgy. You see, each Sunday in our liturgy, we are reminded of this summary of the law. And we are reminded of love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, do we think of that as only part of the liturgy that we must do because it is included? Do we think of it as part of the liturgy that we just have to get through? Or is there something more to it? Is there something more to this part of our liturgy? Well, obviously, there's something more to it. We, we're not just hearing the summary of the law and responding to it with, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, just because. We are hearing it because we are still called to do it. We are hearing it because in the flow of liturgy, it reminds us of our need for Christ. We are hearing it because we actually need to respond to it. Now, the first way that we respond to it when we hear the summary of the law is, Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. That's the first way. But the second way that we need to respond when we hear the summary of the law, and especially when we hear the part about loving our neighbors, it is to respond to it in the way that Jesus tells us to respond to it. The way that he told the lawyer. He says, go and do likewise. Yes, we need to acknowledge it or know it. Yes, we need to believe it and thus beg for mercy because we have failed, but we don't stop there. We must now actually go and do it. I I thought about, as I was preparing this sermon, the conversation that we had, uh, JB, Sally, and Deacon Rick last Sunday after church. And and we talked about, you know, you you, got to know it, you got to believe it, and you actually got to act on it. I think what Sally said. We were talking about something else. But to me, that's exactly the same application to this. You, You do have to know the summary of the law. And you have to believe it. But it's not enough to know it, and it's not enough to believe it, and then you've got to act upon it. You've got to actually do it. And when we talk about loving our neighbor as ourselves, well, we have to live our lives on mission to love our neighbors by showing compassion and mercy to all those we come across. We don't have to wonder who it is that we are called to show compassion or mercy to. 
because the parable is quite clear on that. There's no need to figure that out. Who needs mercy? Who needs compassion? That is who your neighbor is. That's the person you should be showing compassion and mercy to. The, the bigger thing here, though, is that we need to actually do it, that we actually show compassion and mercy and that we don't pass to the other side. That's where Jesus left it. The, the conversation was quite simple. It was, Master, what must I do to gain eternal, eternal life? Jesus said, well, what does the law say? How do you interpret it? The lawyer says, well, here, here's, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, that's right, now go and do it. And the lawyer says, oh, oh well, who's my neighbor? So then Jesus tells this parable, and, and then Jesus says, okay, well, which one was the neighbor to the other? What was the one who showed mercy? Jesus says, okay, now go and do it. And Jesus is very clear in this, in this passage that knowing is not enough. You actually have to go and do it. You have to know, you have to believe, but you have to do it and act upon it. Each Sunday, when we are reminded of the summary of the law, we shouldn't just listen just for our part to come in. We shouldn't listen just because what else are we going to do? We should listen and hear the standard that we are held to, the the standard that we are held to. We should listen and hear what we're called to do. We acknowledge and we know it. And because we believe it and know our failure to do it perfectly, that we then cry to Christ to have mercy. But Christ wouldn't have you to stop there. He says, go and do likewise. And that is the call that I'll leave with you today. Go and do likewise. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission. We are a parish of the Orthodox Anglican Church that is situated in the beautiful mountains of Hendersonville, North Carolina. If you want to learn more, check us out at blueridgemission.org. Now, let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.